0: Well, I'm at the Red House with Courtney Puckett, and thank you for coming to hang out.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: So, uh, you're releasing music soon. Yes. Let's just start by talking about your new project.
1: Okay, um, so I released a single um, July 17th. It was It's called Daydream, and it's out on everything now. Um, I'm releasing another single in three days called uh, Triangles, and that's... Um, August 17th, and then I'm releasing an album with both those songs included in the album um, September 17th, so it's all like the 17th, there's no really specific reason for that, it's just to kind of make it consistent, and um, the album release will be at the Marini Theater in Salisbury, so it's going to be a big event, and it's ticketed. My um, husband has a band called Big Break, and they're going to be also releasing a double album on the same day. So we're doing a, like a big event. We're hoping people will come. It's like a 300-seated theater. So, yeah, that's kind of the whole thing. And uh, the album's called Out of the Gray, and that's a song on the album. It's kind of like a Bossa Nova-style song, um, a lot of my songs have jazz undertones or influences to them, but I wouldn't say it's necessarily completely a jazz album. Um, Daydream, I had a review. My friend like sent it to some guy in Boston. I don't remember specifically the, the reviewer's name right now, but it's on my website, and he said it was kind of like a pop folk song <laughs> which i mean it has that like cuz it's got a um, bluegrassy stuff to it because there's a violin player and she's so it's just it's kind of all over the place but i would say that r&b and jazz are kind of the uh, you know the center of it so yeah
0: yeah i feel like you should come up with some sort of like weird mystical thing for the whole 17 thing
1: i know uh, yeah I should. Well, and I've been calling it dreamy jazz because um the uh I I just kind of feel like it's kind of flowy and um so that's kind of what I've been calling it. So, I don't know if that that could relate to that. Some, I don't know. Some
0: overlap in there somewhere. Yeah. So, so why jazz and R&B? Like how did you end up with those flavors in your music?
1: Um, so there's a lot of things, I guess. Um, I've been playing the guitar since I was 12. I've been playing music a little before that. I was in band in um, middle school and high school. I played the clarinet. Hmm. Um, And then I was in jazz band in high school. I also played the tuba randomly <laughs> uh the band director needed a tuba player for our band and so i said I'll, I'll do it and i did it i'm kind of like i like to learn new instruments like i enjoy that um i played the mellophone for a moment for a year uh which is kind of like a french horn but for marching band mm. so it's more outward it's kind of like a big trumpet is what it looks like okay um what else did i play I don't know, but, so I played a bunch of stuff, it was in jazz band, Um, so that kind of was one thing, and then on top of that, my grandpa was like a big jazz fan, he liked like Fats Waller and um, Billie Holiday and that kind of stuff, so my whole family, like, they're not really musicians, but they're music lovers, so, like, my parents had me listening to um, just everything, like, when I was a kid, so... My dad's a big blues person, so that's, you know, kinda has similarities, and um, yeah, just kind of growing up with that, and then doing it in school, and then um, I just, when I listen to music, typically I like to relax, some people like to get, and sometimes I like upbeat music too, I don't only listen to smooth jazz or anything, but a lot of the time I like relaxing to music. And um, so I just wanted to create something that I personally enjoy and that's calming and kind of reflective. And so, yeah. And then when I went to college, I was i actually never really sang before um, high school. Or I just never sang. I wasn't in chorus or anything. So I sang in college randomly. I tried out for the women's choir and sang with that. We did just a bunch of different genres with that. And once I finally kind of started working on my own stuff, I just found my voice. I enjoyed singing that kind of music. And um, I don't have like a super theatrical voice or um, anything like that. It's more mellow and yeah, so that's just kind of what I'm suited for and what I like. And I enjoy the guitar part as well. Like, I like playing jazz music. And, yeah, I mean, I, I also am influenced by a lot of artists like Erica Badu and um, Nora Jones. I really enjoy her stuff. Billie Holiday.
0: I love Billie Holiday.
1: You know, all that good stuff. It's just, I just love it. So, I don't know. That's Yeah. That's kind of the path.
0: Yeah, so I guess what that makes me curious about is like uh, for for a lot of people, I think including myself, music is for for people who are self-taught and who aren't in like more like the disciplines of music and maybe they live more in folk music. You know, it's one thing to take a guitar and start with a guitar and teach yourself chords and then just kind of write songs. And that type of music tends to be on the simpler side. And then... When, you, when you're when you starting instead with this sort of exposure to an education in music and a diversity of instruments and sounds and stuff like that, it seems like the music can be more complex. So maybe one question might be, when you approach music and the creative process, are you going into it when it comes to like jazz noises, jazz movements and sounds and stuff, are you able to kind of surprise yourself is it is it is it like what is the creative process like with that education in there like is it like you can kind of predict what you're doing and it's mathematical or is it sort of like you're still like discovering sounds and discovering noises that you want to use and stuff like that
1: I think it's kind of a mix um I took guitar lessons for about a year from Daniel Seraph. yeah you know him? yeah um and he's an amazing jazz guitarist and So he taught me a lot of technical stuff with guitar specifically. And so, like, already having kind of a background in reading music and understanding it in, like, a technical way, like, I do approach it. So, like, for example, that song Out of the Grey that's going to be on the album, it's a bossa nova pattern. Mm -hmm. So I learned how to do a bossa nova pattern I learned, you know, how what goes into that. I also learned some Bossa nova songs before that. Um, there's a song called Este Su Hair that I learned that has, like, 16 chords in it, <laughs> and it's in Portuguese. <laughs> so, like, I just, like, I like to get influences from other songs as well, to get ideas of how to technically approach it. But then at the same time, I... When I write like lyrics and stuff like that, I just kind of am free with it and just let it happen like if it's if the moment strikes when I'm inspired, I usually just pull out my phone and put it in my notes and then save it for later or whatever and um yeah, so some of the songs it's like I'm gonna use this pattern i'm gonna I'm gonna approach it that way, but then like some songs I'll start with a concept or the lyrics or the sound I'm going for and just kind of hash it out, you know? So it could go either way, you know?
0: Do you speak Portuguese?
1: No. (laughs) (laughs) Do you sing Portuguese? I sing in Portuguese for that one song. (laughs) Um, I speak a bit of Spanish, so I do sing in Spanish sometimes. I like to sing in other languages. Um, I sing a song in French. Um, I guess the reason for that is... When I was in the choir, the choir, at, I was at East Carolina for undergrad. And so when I was in the choir for that, I we did a lot of different languages. Mm. So that was kind of a cool, I was like, I want to kind of keep doing that. But with like styles, I really like. So um, do you know Carla Bruni? Mm, I'm not sure. She's a French singer and um, it's just very beautiful. And I'm like, it's just such a cool language and it's fun to break that out and people were like what's happening yeah (laughs) they're like wait a minute yeah I don't understand what she's saying so
0: do you just speak some Spanish from like school and stuff
1: yeah um just from school and um we take some took some vacations to like Guatemala and El Salvador and I love those countries I think they're beautiful and I have some friends out there and I don't know. I I actually, my friend that lives in Guatemala, I was like, I had like a random dream about her. And I was like, I had a dream about you. And she was like, well, you need to come. You haven't been in a while. You should come visit. And so I was like, maybe I'll just book a few shows down there and like make a whole thing about it. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah, it would be. Yeah.
0: So how do you, I mean, I tried learning a song in Spanish for a wedding once and it just couldn't. I couldn't sink it. I couldn't anchor it into my head. Like, how do you go about memorizing words in a language you don't speak?
1: That's a good question. Um, I, like, listen to the song a lot first. Like, I'll be in my car, and I'll just listen to it over and over and over and over. That's the first thing. Uh, I look up the lyrics, and then I break it down in sections. So um, I might practice two lines a day or something like that. Um, and sometimes if I don't practice it for a while, I'll forget. So if I don't play it out, um, I will forget it. Mm-hmm. So I had to play it a lot still, you know. that the French song I do, I, I just remember because I've played it so much, but like that Portuguese one is still, I still have to revisit the lyrics sometimes just to make sure I really have it down because Portuguese is an interesting language. I mean, so is French. But Portuguese is like almost Spanish, but it's not, you know. It's not to me it almost has a French sound. Like Spanish and French I know it's probably not. I don't know like linguistically if that's true. But it has like those like French sounds to it. So it's just it's just different and but yeah, I kinda of break it down in sections and try to listen to it a lot and get the ideas and sometimes I'll even look up if I really don't think I can pronounce the word I'll look it up and listen to how it's pronounced and then like write it phonetically on top and Mm. just get used to phonetically how to sound it out um that's kind of been my approach so far and it seems to work
0: yeah I mean I'm I'm just I'm kind of putting a map together of you I guess in my head because you're like you have all this eclectic instruments that you've been exposed to and also can manage to go to these lengths to singing sing these songs in languages that you don't speak are you like like super intelligent and stuff <laughs> are you like a super ambitious person
1: uh yeah I'm ambitious um I have ADHD I was diagnosed when I was like 12 or 11 um and I feel like that plays a big part of how why I'm the way I am hmm. I'm always like doing something like I'm I am a musician, but I also do a lot of other things. Like, I'm just, like, I'm always, my brain always wants to be doing something. Um, I I mean, I still relax and stuff, but I just, I have to be, like, interested in something and doing something because, I don't know, I, I just enjoy that. And, I mean, I don't really know, like, a specific, like, I just feel like, I think if I'm not doing something, I feel kind of, like, anxious maybe mm. so i'm just like well i'll just tackle this new project and it's fine yeah <laughs> you know
0: yeah so one question about music but then I'm, I, i'd also maybe you can help me remember i want to ask you about the other stuff you do too but so like so that's interesting so so you think this adhd thing is like influenced your is it has it played a role in your draw to music and like the way that you've allowed music to kind of occupy your mind in different ways or whatever?
1: Yeah, um it's like so I feel that when you have ADHD, if you're not interested in something, it's really hard to be motivated to do that task. Hmm. But when you are interested in something, you just go all in at least from my experience. So like with music, I just like go all in, I hyper-focus on it, and I try, you know, I kind of just focus on, like, one thing at a time, because I, but, well, not one thing at like, I focus on, like, for example, if I'm learning a new song, I focus on that for a bit. Um, or if I'm trying to book radio shows or something, I will do that all day. Like, I'll hmm. work on it, you know? Like, so my approach to music is kind of finding one thing that I need to do and going for that, and making sure it's done, and then kind of going to the next thing. And um, because, I mean, with the business end of music, it's can can be tricky for me, because um, I just like to create it. And I like to perform, but trying to book everything and make sure everything's my teaser costs and that kind of thing can be difficult. So it's good for me to like take a day to just work on the booking or the promotion or whatever. So yeah, it's, I think it's helpful in some way, in a lot of ways, like that's just who I am. Um, I think maybe the hindrance would be just sticking with certain things that are more difficult for me to do. Like the, like I said, like trying to make sure that everything's booked and dealt with and, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but that's uh that is interesting and I could see how if it has that given that it has that sort of mm, that jump all in feature to it. I could yeah. see how that would be helpful with certain of those tasks.
2: Yeah.
0: That's really interesting. So, what are the so what are some of the other interests that you have that that uh occupy your your days?
1: Um I have a lot of random interests. So I'll just tell you a few. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, so I like to roller skate. Okay. Um, I go to skate parks and I roller skate. Um, I do like ramps and drop-offs so, and um, yeah, I do. <laughs> that's what I do. I have a ramp in my backyard. Huh. A half pipe and yeah, I. Um, really. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Wait. When you say some random stuff. Roller
0: skate. I'm picturing two wheels in the front, two wheels in the back. Yeah, that's you, correct. You, <laughs> wait,
2: <laughs>
0: you go into a half pipe with a roller skate that has two wheels in the front and two wheels in the back. Correct. I've never heard of that before.
1: I do that. And uh, I have a block on the bottom so I can slide on the rail. Um, and, yeah, it's it's fun. <laughs> I don't huh. know. Uh, I wear a helmet. Um but, yeah, it's there's a park in Lexington that I love. Um, it's just the Lexington Skate Park, and it's concrete and really cool, and I like to just put some music on and skate around. Hell, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I listen to a lot of R&B when I do that.
0: Huh. Yeah. That is, yeah, that's really interesting. Like, uh, I feel like, I, I remember, like, when I was a kid, I don't think rollerblading was... Uh, as prominent and so when we would go to a skating rink or whatever it was common to see people wearing roller skates but i don't see that ever anymore and i don't even hardly see people rollerblade but if i think about skating i'm thinking about rollerblading
1: yeah a lot of people are like oh those are your rollerblades and i'm like no they're not yeah (laughs) but no it's actually coming back into popularity um which is cool um there's a bunch of cool people that do some crazy tricks and i can't do like anything crazy um but i just have fun with it like some people will like do a backflip out of the thing and mm. i'm not trying to do all that i'm just trying to cruise around <laughs> and have fun but um it's just a nice way to exercise and have fun and relax and i don't know at first it was not as relaxing obviously cuz i fell a lot mm. um and it was painful but after the pain so <laughs> it, it's it's gotten nice. Um, and I would recommend, like, if you are going to get into it, get some knee pads um, because you're going to fall on your knees a lot. Mm. So get some knee pads.
0: Did you skate <laughs> as a kid?
1: I was um, – here's another random thing. I, I worked at Sonic Drive-In uh-huh. <laughs> when I was 15. Yeah. So I roller skated for that. I mean, yeah, I roller skated as a kid, but I – I feel like that was probably, like, I owned a pair of roller skates because of that job. Right. And then my buddy, who is a roller derby girl, she, I just had them in my closet forever. And she was, like, at a show I played at the Lee Street Theater. And she was like, oh, my gosh, I love that set. And I was like, well, I love that you roller skate. And I was like, I'm so jealous. I wish that I was I could roller skate, you know. And she was like, you can. You just go do it. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, so, <laughs> so we started skating together and. I don't know, it's just, there's something cool about just going to do something that's, like, you, you don't think you can do until you just go do it. Yeah, and Yeah. so that happened, and uh, I also enjoy, like, I've randomly just, like, literally just started, like, foraging for mushrooms. Mm. That's, like, a complete turn, but um, <laughs> I like to, like, get outside, I think that's a big thing. I just want to get outside and have excuses to be outside. Yeah. So I like to forage for mushrooms, which I don't do, like, I don't eat anything. I I just, I guess I won't forage for them, but I like to go take pictures of them and learn about them before I start, like, getting into the edible mushroom situation Mm -hmm. because I'm not trying to die. Yep. But, um, so I've been, like, recently into that, and, like, I like a little bit of gardening. Um, My buddy has a nonprofit called Happy Roots where she builds school gardens and has a greenhouse at a high school and is starting to do a big greenhouse project now and so that's a pretty cool organization to check out um it's on my Instagram bio if anybody's interested in that um so yeah i just i like to do things that just make me feel happy and relaxed
0: yeah that is fun. Uh, yeah. The the mushroom thing. I know exactly what you mean. So I I kind of roam around here doing a little of that, also taking pictures. But yeah, I've heard that with mushrooms, even like for mushrooms, there's like a rule of thumb. Like like y- you have to watch somebody else, an expert, like eat a mushroom before you should eat it, so that you <laughs> something yeah. or other. Yeah. Like you have to. Anyway, because there's so many subtle differences uh, that you might not be easy for us to detect if we're not like super skilled in identifying mushrooms or whatever so I'm like I'm scared to do it but I'd really love to get into the like growing them on purpose like yeah like doing that for food that would be I mean I love mushrooms I love dishes that have mushrooms in them so I might as well that that's kind of my uh garden approach is kind of like if I can the more things I can think of that are things I enjoy eating I -hmm. want to try to grow as many of those as I can oh
1: yeah for sure
0: work them
2: in
1: and It tastes so good, like when it's right from your garden. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just better, yeah. You know, like even like I love the farmer's market, like 100%. That's like the next best ta- thing to your own garden is the farmer's market, yeah. But definitely, like when you just get it right there and you make it, it's nothing better than that, so mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Yeah, what do you uh, what do you enjoy growing out there?
1: Um, I've been doing zucchini and squash, um. I got I have some watermelon, but that vine is looking a little rough. I don't know if it's going to make any more watermelon, but it made a couple or it made one really good one. And uh, I just have like a um, raised bed situation. Mm-hmm. And then I have some big pots with like um, herbs and then tomatoes. And what else do I have? I have rosemary, parsley, basil. Um, I've also been interested in getting into like planting flowers, just like for bees and pollinators and stuff, Mm -hmm. because they're just really pretty and it's good for the environment. So it's just a nice, I don't know. I never was like that into flowers, but then recently I'm like, that would be a cool thing to do maybe next year. So yeah. Yeah. And I
0: think they also like, if you, I mean, if you use them right or whatever, if you're just in the... If you keep pollinators coming around your garden, you know, then they're also in the area to pollinate your vegetables. Exactly. So yeah. It's just smart.
1: It's a good idea.
0: Yeah, uh, I had a, I had a similar thing with my my watermelons out here have been weird. Uh, I don't know if this is what happened with yours, but I had one growing that got to it's like the size of a softball right now, mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem to be. I'm not sure that it's getting bigger. And yeah, the, that
1: happened to me. Yeah.
0: That did, mm-hmm. and that the leaves on the on the vine are kind of crispy.
1: Is there like yellow spots on it?
0: Not that I recall.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: Mm. Mm. Did you figure out? I mean, was it just like timing or water, or did you come up with a solution? Or <laughs> I mean, um, a uh, you know something to blame it on?
1: I don't know. Like we actually like planted it from a grocery store watermelon seed. Interesting. So I was curious if that was the reason, like because of like. They don't really want you to do that. Mm. You know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but it tasted fine, and I'm alive. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, the only thing I would say is just maybe give it a couple, like a little longer, and keep watering it. Um, but I'm not super expert on it.
0: Did your watermelon did it did it cease to grow or mm-hmm. oh, okay?
1: Yeah, so I just like gave it another week or two. And I was just like, I'm just going to pick it. Yeah. And it was fine. But it was so small. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I'm in a, a gardening network online that I will take pictures and ask questions. And so I think that's a good way to yeah. get help because, um, I don't know. It's harder than you would think.
0: Yeah, it is. How long have you been gardening?
1: Um, I started the summer of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I listened to the, um, Lucas Nelson song. <laughs> you heard that, the, um, turn off the news and build a garden. Uh uh-uh. Um, I, that wasn't really the reason, but it was like a kind of time in my life that I just wanted to like get in touch with nature. And I was just, I think because of like COVID and everything, I just was tired of the news and tired of the negativity and Mm-hmm. Just wanted to, like, get away from that. So just started it that summer, and um, had a pretty good one. And then um, last summer, not as much, and then I just got back into it this summer. And I did, um, like, I was a teacher. This is going to be a little tangent. I was a public school teacher for six years, mm. and I just quit my job in May and started doing music full-time. This May? Yeah. Wow. Um, I've been doing music obviously before then Yeah. as I was a teacher. Um, it was actually not a bad schedule because music usually is on the weekends and in the summer. So it kind of worked out, but I was just very burnt out on the job. So I quit. And, uh, but anyways, when I taught, worked at the school, we had a school garden through happy roots. So we did gardens through that a Mm. lot. So like that was a big focus was that garden. So I didn't do mine as much at that time. Um, but we did like broccoli and we did like fall and winter gardens. Like I tried to, to sustain it all year. Yeah. Um, so that was, yeah, that was a good time. That, that part of it was cool. Um, being creative was cool, but other parts of it were not as good. So mm. I just kind of was like needed to get away from that
0: yeah yeah interesting
1: yeah <laughs> and I can talk more about that if you want
0: yeah there's a lot to talk about there like yeah um yeah I don't know what 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 do you have on your mind if I if I just said keep talking then what where, where would you go because I have like different different directions I could go in I guess
1: well I did my undergrad in elementary education okay and Um, I like working with kids. Like, I was thinking about doing a kid's album in the future, and, you know, like, I I like that aspect. Um, I think, so, I I worked in special ed for two years, and then I, when I finished my degree, I did, like, I was a TA, like, an assistant for special ed, and then I transitioned to a full classroom of my own. Um, And... At first, it was fine. Like, I felt really confident as a teacher, and I felt like I was doing a good job, and I got a lot of, you know, great um, observations, and everybody liked what I was doing, and mm-hmm. I had a, I got a grant for a full class set of ukuleles, so I taught my kids how to play ukulele every year. Um fine. So that was cool. And I did the gardening with them. I did a lot of, like, stuff like that, like, SC, uh, social-emotional learning type stuff, like stuff that really will help them. Like, obviously, academics are good, but I wanted to also incorporate the life skills type stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was going pretty good. And then my – so the year that the pandemic happened – 2019, that fall, before the pandemic, mm-hmm. I just started feeling anxious every day going into work, and, um, and it was a mixture of things, and I, I think it's, like, there's so many things. Like, it's the political end of it, the fact that there's not enough funding, it starts to kind of weigh on you after a while, because you realize, like, that it's not fair, and uh, then there's like p- the parents you have to deal with. Some of, a lot of them are great, but there's some that are just really hard to deal with. I'm not going to go into m- too much detail, just to be yeah you know, for privacy reasons. But it was stressful, and uh, um, I worked at an at-risk school, so there was a lot of stress. Um, and so then I was feeling kind of like I don't know if this is really what I want long term. And then the pandemic happened, and we were virtual the rest of the year. Mm. So it was kind of confusing because it's like, it was just different. Then the next year, I taught virtually the whole year. And then, the, this past school year, we went back in cl- the classroom, and there's a lot of stuff going on with our school board that was negative, and... Um, We had a lot of change in administration. It was also, like, more of just, like, the school itself was going through a lot of change. But um, it was just a lot of stress in my life. And I was coming home every day just unhappy. And I was getting more gigs, kind of, as the pandemic things were lightening up. And I started realizing, like, I think I could just do this. Mm. And so... I finished the year out just to get it done and not leave the kids hanging. You know, I finished the year and I was like, I'm going to be done and I'm going to try this. And it was kind of scary, but, um, so far it's been working out. Yeah. So (laughs) we'll see, you know, I just started doing it full time. So it's, but yeah, I think that our state needs to, to change a lot of things in the education system, um, and honestly, they need to pay teachers more bottom yeah. line um, teachers are doing a lot for the kids and not getting enough support, so that would be great. yeah if anybody listening to this is a political professional
0: <laughs> we'll tag a few of them. <laughs> Make sure they think about it.
1: That would be great. They would pay people to do their job.
0: Yeah, agreed. Uh, Okay, cool. So that's that's some stuff to uh, work with. Yeah. I have noticed that it has been a common experience for people to, uh, on this side of COVID, in different ways, get more in touch with nature or whatever that means to them. Um, It's definitely something that I felt. And some of it, I'm sure, is for obvious reasons, like in highly dense places where um, there was a ton of people, it was less comfortable to be in than places where you had your own space. Outdoors is fun to be in. Um, there was all sorts of, I mean, it was dangerous to go to the grocery store and buying things that in many cases, not only not only is the grocery store full of stuff that isn't healthy for you, but like it's also full of stuff you could grow at your house if you were determined to. And we just didn't do that for a really long time. So so anyway, I can understand some of the practical elements of it. But also there's this I don't know, this emotional bond that people describe getting back in touch with with nature that uh, that they've that they've remembered since covid. Um, Was that a thing for you? Like has it has it affected you, that drive to, to get back in touch with nature, is it like what is that an emotional net gain for you?
1: Yeah, um, I think getting in touch with art and nature both. Like, Mm. um, I think also not living your life for the capitalist purposes Mm. is nice. Like, just going to your 9-to-5 job and doing that all the time, unless it's a good job that you love. But um, it's kind of nice to just slow down and like, focus on what actually makes you feel fulfilled. And for me, that's been doing the music and, we're, you know, like a, going outside and, and just taking walks and, mm-hmm. and looking around. And, um, I mean, it's just important, I think. And I, I think that humans right now are very anxious and stressed out And I think it's because of all... I mean, it's good to have progress in a lot of ways, but in other ways, it's also important to remember where you came from. And, you know... Yeah. Like, I just think our brains need that, like... And I just... I've definitely felt that anxiety and stress before the pandemic. And then, obviously, during the pandemic, it was stressful, but there were some things that came out of it that were positive. Mm hmm So... You know,
0: you think that's why people are so crazy now? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they like they got uh, they they experienced what it was like to slow down, mm. and then they had to go back.
0: No kidding. Yeah. So it's been hard. Yeah. To go back. Yeah.
1: And I think that's why people are quitting their jobs. Yeah. Myself included, <laughs> and I'm not saying I'll never work. Like I'm, I'm gonna be going back to school and trying to figure out what I want to, you know, change it up a bit. But I think just kind of taking control of your life a little more, mm-hmm. and um, instead of just letting things happen to you,
0: absolutely, that's exactly how I feel most days. Yeah, and uh, I found myself with a new job, so like it was confusing, and it's still confusing. I work with a company that I worked for since like twenty sixteen. Um should I be explicit? Should I just say what I'm talking about? I don't know if it matters or not. But anyway, I've worked with one organization since twenty sixteen and like I s I'm I found myself working with them at a totally different capacity. And I for some reason, maybe it's maybe I'm loyal to them or the relationship is deep or whatever, but I still when I work for them, it doesn't feel as much like work. It's like it's a, it's the same thing as like a... I don't know if you'd say like a family obligation or like a personal obligation. It's similar maybe to... I mean, hell, similar to like producing this podcast or working on a song that I... A commission song or working on rehearsal. Mm-hmm. It's just like a part of what I do. And so I don't mind it. But I also... Started worth working with a new organization and I'm so since COVID, I'm so like prickly about being I don't know, like totally obedient and like giving that giving that like level of control away to somebody. Yeah. I'm so unwilling to do that. There's something in my mind that's just like never again, never again. Yeah. Kind of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. It's weird. It is weird. But like you said, if you find something you do like, then that's a good, like, I guess, solution to that. Yeah. Because, I mean, we we do have to, like, unfortunately, like, work and make money. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's just part of life. Like, I'm not saying that's not a thing. Um, I just think it's important to, like, find what is going to actually make you feel happy and not just do something because, because, like, with teaching for me, I got a degree and I felt, I was like, you know i have to do this now you know what i mean yeah. and it was scary to just be like to like i think also when you're like pushed away from something and you're uncomfortable you are ha- you're made to be uncomfortable by that situation you kind of do have to make a change because mm. change is uncomfortable but so is staying in something that makes you unhappy so you know um but yeah i mean like my this is kind of random but my dad he loves his job. Like he's like obsessed with it. Like he enjoys it. Yeah. So that's great. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what you should do. I think yeah. It. Yeah.
0: For some people it's the I don't I don't know what your, what your dad does or whatever, but um, for some people I think just having a space in a structure like that like in a company mm-hmm. that's the addictive thing. Yeah. I think that's like a little bit of what it is. Cause I, it's funny because I do two almost identical jobs for these two organizations. Mm -hmm. One of them, I can like dress casually and talk normally and the hours are like to my liking. And one of them is the total opposite of that, but the work, different level of frustrating. It's like, um, Mm -hmm. and I think maybe it's That maybe it's because of the space I occupy in a in the hierarchy where I feel like I'm at the bottom on one of them and I'm more like relevant to the other. I don't fucking know what the deal is, but I'm I'm fascinated by the fact that the work is so similar, but one of them makes me feel so depleted and one of them makes me feel normal. You know, it's it's just weird.
1: Well, I mean, I think music can even be that way when you're a musician working full time. There's certain things that are more fulfilling than others. True. You know, like sometimes you're just getting through it and sometimes it's amazing. You mm. know, it's a lot of highs and lows to music as yeah. well. So it's not just like to me it's not a complete solution. It's just trying to find something a little different that I feel I'm gonna you know, I don't know, just just changing my direction a bit and seeing where it takes me. Yeah. So yeah. I dig it. Yeah.
0: Lifestyle of uh, gardening and music. I feel yeah. like that's like a thing now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so. Do you know Emily Mussolini? Uh-uh. She does like, she's a um, out of Durham, I believe. Yeah, Durham. And she does like, she's amazing. Really great musician. But she also, you know, does the gardening. And I feel very like connected to her because, hmm. yeah. We need to
0: get specifically a network of Gardening musicians put together, I think.
1: Yeah, that's a good idea.
0: Maybe we'll follow up with that. Yeah. What were you, I cut you off? What were you saying?
1: No, I was going to say, um, like, I'll, there's a lot of people that have been on this podcast, like specifically female musicians that um, I feel very connected to. Just like I don't know that all of them garden necessarily, but I feel like they have that similar kind of personal life too, like where they want to be in touch with nature or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know. So,
0: yeah, you said something or or you were talking about artists uh, that you're interested in and you sound like somebody who's like really up to speed on what's happening specifically like among female musicians. And is that is that just is that like what is that? Is that like an effort like you really care about what female musicians are up to? Is that like a thing?
1: Yeah. um, So like in 20. okay, I don't know the specific year. I want to say 2015 maybe. It's kind of when I started doing live music and the reason like I've always done music, but it wasn't like live music. Mm -hmm. It was like either with a band or with a group or with by myself in my room, but it wasn't like live. Anyways, um, so 2015. I went to Earth Day Jam in Salisbury and Dark Water Rising was playing. Do you know? Are you aware of them at all?
0: I'm not aware of many things.
1: <laughs> it was fine. It's, they're not. I don't. They're not really like performing together anymore. But the, all the musicians are great. And um, Charlie Lowry um, was in that, and she's doing some cool stuff. And then Emily Mussolino was also in that. So two really strong women. And um, Emily is an amazing guitar player. Just like, and I don't think I ever have seen that before like I know there are amazing guitar players um, that are women but I'm saying like personally I hadn't like seen a live show yeah they you know what I mean yeah and then Charlie has this powerful vocal they both have really powerful vocals and um so seeing that as a 22 was I 22 21 22 year old I think I was 21 um but almost 22 seeing that And knowing that I was a musician and I did kind of have a, like, want to perform, Mm -hmm. that was a catalyst for me is seeing them. And, um, so ever since then, I just really love to see women doing that because I know that it's changing people's, I mean, it's probably changing people's lives, you know, because it changed mine and, um... So yeah, like I know you've had Rebecca Todd on here. She's another person that I just like saw and was like, you know, this is some this is like a north star for me. Like, um, you know, just there's just some Victoria, Victoria, and um, just so many cool women that are unapologetically themselves and doing what they want to do, and it's just nice. So. It's just, and I, I genuinely like like their music as well. Yeah. Like, so that's like, I mean, I'm, honestly, that's the main thing is like, I like the music. And then on top of that, you see someone that you can relate to. And I don't know, just it's always been something special for me since I first saw them. And also, like, music festivals in general are really nice atmosphere. So it's just, yeah. Yeah, I
0: think it's awesome. Yeah, I I know that feeling too. Like, um, it reminds me of like I like sometimes you just don't know what's possible, and then you see door you see different innovative people open doors, and it's just like oh shit! Like, like that's that's within the realm of possibility, and it makes you think different. And I remember when I was like eighteen or nineteen, and I went over to somebody's house, and they were they were um, have you ever seen the Last Waltz? Mm-mm. It's like a documentary about the band that uh, do you know the band that does the song the weight or whatever Mm-mm. um you might care about them, but anyway, Levon Helm, who's one of my music heroes, He was the drummer in the band as well as like i mean they were they kind of traded traded instruments occasionally, but anyway, it was the first time I'd ever seen somebody with a really aggressive southern accent voice. Playing drums and singing at the same time, and it was on this documentary. And he was playing drums and singing, and I just <laughs> was like mesmerized by that. And I was like, I didn't know you. I, like I knew I was capable of that, but I didn't know you, that you were allowed to do that. And you exactly. have these rules in your head, like like some sound man will laugh at me, or some guitarist will laugh at me if I suggest like that that I would play drums and sing at the same time. And I saw him do it, and it just I was just like, oh wow! And for my introduction into rock bands, kinda was that like I I was a singing drummer and yeah, it was you know that was a huge moment for me. It was just like wow! I didn't know that I didn't know you were allowed to do things.
1: When you were younger, did you ever like listen to music and imagine it was you performing it? Hmm. Because I used to do that.
0: <laughs> I did imagine a lot of weird things, like I remember once. Listened to a Toby Keith CD while my parents were cleaning the house. And I was, I had them, I had them like, I interrupted them while they were cleaning the house and asked them to watch me pretend to perform the song. Mm-hmm. And they were, I remember, in my memory, I felt like they looked at me like, "What? why are you having us watch you do this? And they kept cleaning the house. Um, and I, And I remember like kind of imagining albums with my name on them and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's like, it's just, I felt that way, but never thought that was achievable for so long. And then when you see it happening, you're like, wait a minute, I could do that. Mm -hmm. And also like, it's also finding your own like talent and what you're good at, because I didn't know I was a singer for a long time. I Mm -hmm. mean, I literally didn't know. Like I even, um, like I said, I was in the women's choir for a year at East Carolina Just on a whim. Like, it was so random. Like, I was just tried out for it because I was like, I've always wanted to be able to sing. Like, I just think it would be fun to be able to sing and play my guitar. Mm -hmm. Because I would sing in my room, but you never know that you can sing until someone tells you. So I was too scared to actually sing in front of anybody. And so I went and did the women's choir and I got in. But even that, I was just thinking, like, well, you know, it's just like, one, you're doing your part of the group. I don't know that I'm like a lead singer. Um, so it, I kind of did, I, I got into it carefully. Like I took um, vocal and guitar lessons and um, after that, mm. private lessons. And um, it was funny because I went into the lesson and I was like, listen, I don't know if I can sing very well, but I want to like try. And he said, "Okay." So I sang a song and played guitar, and he was like, "Oh wow! I thought it was gonna be bad, like <laughs> by the way you preface that." And, but he like gave me a lot of confidence by telling me, "You know, it was good." And then I did like some open mics, mm-hmm. and everybody was like, "Cool and um, yeah." And now everybody's like, like focuses on my vocals. When for me, I've always been an instrument person so mm. which is fine I, I'm glad they like it because if it was bad that would be sad for me but sure. um but like it's just interesting no one's like oh you're a great guitarist they're like I'm not saying I am a great guitarist I'm okay but like it's just funny to me because I grew up playing guitar and then I did not grow up singing so yeah it's just interesting
0: I kind I mean and I wonder I know there I know a lot of jazz guys that Lots of people in town love to go see, and they like to hear jazz. Uh, but more people, definitely I know more people that go to, like, concerts where there are bands that either do familiar songs, like uh, the Vagabond Saint Society that do, like, the tribute, like, different albums or different bands or whatever. People love going to those, or original shows. Uh, you know, I think uh, there's probably a different... I think there's... Uh, maybe you can... Maybe you have a different perspective on this or a more informed perspective on this, but I feel like, generally speaking, people have more appreciation for, like, word and, like words and voice than they do str- strictly, like, the discipline of instrumental skill.
1: Oh, yeah. I think that the human voice can't be replicated, and so it's a connection. Like, um, I sing harmonies with my husband's band, Big Break, and a lot of people, like the harmonies are a big deal to them. Mm. and um, Because it's just like, um, instruments are really, really awesome and beautiful, but I think that everybody listening wants to connect with something. And I think that they feel more of a connection to the human voice, generally. I'm not saying everybody feels that way, but I just think generally people feel that way. And I personally listen to mainly songs with vocals in them. Um, every now and again, I might listen to instrumental stuff, but usually I listen to vocals. And like I told you earlier, I listen to podcasts a lot, like every day, pretty much. So that's people talking, and yeah, I don't know. I just I think it's nice. And also, there's something cool about hearing people's singing voices and the different like diversity in that, you know, so.
0: Do you listen to music as much as podcasts?
1: Um, that's a good question. Lately, no, but I, it kind of changes. Yeah. Um, like I think because I'm playing so much and doing music so much right now, I like to listen to spoken, like people talking. Yeah. Before, like, when I was only playing maybe, like, twice or three times a month, then I would be listening to music more often, maybe. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, and sometimes I have a hard time finding what I want to listen to music-wise. I don't know if you ever run into that. Like, you just don't know what to listen to. And um, especially when I'm driving, I don't want to be looking through stuff when I'm driving. Mm -hmm. So I'll just put on a podcast and it's just easier. But, like, literally last couple of weeks I have been, like, trying to save more local or regional artists in a playlist and just, like, listen to that. Yeah. So I'm, like, consuming more stuff that I can, like, be inspired by or enjoy or whatever, you know. But, like, yeah, lately I definitely have been on the podcast wagon. So... <laughs>
0: I feel like around 2018 or something, I kind of switched. I feel like prior to that, I was always building and building and building on uh, music playlists. Mm -hmm. And somewhere in there, I just like switched to word stuff. And it was podcasts and it was like, like uh, the type of, I don't know, like, YouTube channel stuff that will be all talking about different subjects or whatever. Yeah. Or even TV shows, like just having them on in the background and hearing them happen. Um, And I don't know why. And I noticed, I noticed like weird phases, like um, during quarantine phase, when I was like taking down a barn, then I started listening to music heavily and having like really emotional reactions to it. But um, it feels like something like, there's an emotion I associate with music that is pleasure. And that is something that I don't pursue as much as I do with word stuff. And I don't know if that's like emotion versus intellect or like happiness versus seriousness or like, like glee versus, uh, glee versus, I don't know, purpose or something like that. I don't know what it is, but there's some, it seems like there's something going on in my psyche that is making me actually prefer usually, to listen to, like, word stuff rather than music.
1: Yeah. Do you feel like with when you're with people, you listen to music more? Like if yeah. you're with a friend or something?
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. Because
1: I feel that way. Like, if I'm driving, like, me and my friend, she came with me to a gig, so she rode with me, and we just listen to music the whole way, and we're, like, jamming out and just having a good time. And I don't know, it's like... I feel, like, less social than I used to be, Mm. maybe. Like, I don't hang out with people as much as I used to, so I wonder if that...
0: Do you and your husband listen to a lot of music, or more making music?
1: Um, we listen to music, um, but, no, yeah, we probably just make music more, to Mm. be honest, and we will perform together sometimes, and, like, do, like, a duo, just me and him, um... But, like, we, like, really like Andrew Bird, for example. Like, kind of cerebral-type music, I guess, Mm -hmm. is what we typically relate on. Because he um, really likes, like, Rage Against the Machine and, like, harder stuff, I guess. Which I don't dislike that. I just don't listen to it much. Yeah. And I like to listen to, like, flowy, like, stuff. So we kind of meet in the middle when we listen to music together. Like we, like his band is kind of funk rock and Americana, mm. and then I'm like <laughs> jazz indie rock. is like my band. I have a band called Paper Wasps, and so we do jazz indie rock. I guess is what we call it. Okay. And um, so it's kind of more dark, like um it's not all dark but it's a little more sad and morose and dark and then his my husband's music's almost more bright mm-hmm. and upbeat so we kind of it's like a yin and yang thing i guess but that
0: is it, really interesting yeah especially given the influences that you were talking about or whatever and like yeah. the taste for for what you listen to Mhm. so
1: and he's also into like chili peppers and like you know yeah i know rage against the machine isn't like Technically, it's like, but it is upbeat. You know what I'm saying? Like it's high like energy. High energy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. For sure. I wonder what would happen if you did like jazz covers of Rage Against the Machine.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's that channel that does like swing, like like twenties versions of pop songs. You know yeah. this channel? Whatever they're called. Um, something something jukebox. So.
1: Have you heard the one of? Um, it was uh don't think twice, but it's all right. What's that song called? Oh my gosh. I'm blanking out right now. So I don't think twice because it's all right. Yeah, yeah. they did that one. It was really cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I bet it would be. I just I was listening to the radio the other day. I listened to that local station a lot, the Winston station that's downtown uh, WTOB, I think, and they pulled they like played one of the YouTube videos. they were doing the theme song of Titanic but like a big band like Swing.
1: Nice. And it's so
0: fucking good. It's like, it's just so entertaining. Uh, Yeah. They do a lot of that. And that clown that is kind of more famous now that he like uh, puddles, puddles, uh, puddles pity parade or something like that. And he does, he dresses as a clown and sings these baritone like hallelujah or he does Viva La Vida by Coldplay. That one's really good.
1: Oh my gosh, that that's, makes me think of something funny. My friend has a band, and they do, kind of, they do like regular, like cool stuff and the cool lyric stuff, but sometimes they'll do funny songs like joke songs. And they did um, the "Itsy- Bitsy Spider" lyrics to the Coldplay song. Um, I don't know why I cannot think of song names right now, but it's the one that's um, it's like in like the Peter Pan movie randomly. Hmm. What is it called? I don't know, but it was really funny because it was that music, but it was the Itsy Bitsy Spider lyrics, mm. and it like went with it. Anyway, it was just funny, but that was really random.
0: I'd be curious <laughs> to hear that.
1: <laughs> but, yeah. Um, I actually also enjoy comedy music mm. and comedy in general. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I... Depends on it for me, I think. More so because I'm... I probably am a little stern about what I find funny or like what kind of humor I enjoy, yeah or whatever. So, uh, I think what comes to mind when you say that for me is uh, "Flight of the Concords. Like I like them. Yeah, I love them. Yeah, that's the category of f- funny music that I like.
1: Yeah, I like some dumb stuff as well, but um, I I like a lot of things. But I love Flight of the Concords for sure.
0: Built, uh, Bo Burnham, another one.
1: Yeah, oh my gosh. I was, um, so the song, the Jeffrey Bezos song, mm-hmm. I learned, it's just two chords. And I like, it's like E minor and D or something. I don't know, you can just look it up, it's two chords. And I was like, really tempted to just randomly pull it out at a show like yeah. that they wouldn't like, it wouldn't make any sense to play it at the show because <laughs> it'd be fun. And that's why I think it would be funny, Yeah, but I haven't, I haven't got the courage to do it yet, but I've,
0: <laughs> I've wanted to figure out if it was possible. Of course it's possible, but I have attempted once or twice to play with, uh, trying to do a cover of that big song from it, from, uh, from inside. Uh, the um, get your fucking hands up. That yeah. Song. Uh, I've tried to mess with it uh, with an acoustic thing and I don't, I think it takes away from the mood in so far, at least I haven't figured out how to work it up yet.
1: Yeah. I love that one. Yeah. And also um, I learned um, that funny feeling. Yeah. B. I B. Really love, does that one. Really? Yeah. I love, I just love the lyrics of that song. I, it's actually like a more serious song and, but it's really good. I, I mean, like
0: his more serious side. Me too. You know.
1: I think that it's a mix. The the whole special is a mix. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it a lot. I've seen it a lot. Yeah. I've watched it a lot. I've listened to it a lot.
0: It's great. <laughs> yeah. It's really great.
1: Yeah, he did a good job. I, it was awesome. But yeah, and um Yeah, I don't you're probably going to say that you don't like this. I don't know. But I am a tenacious D fan.
0: Oh. <laughs> I liked Tenacious D. I think that... I don't have a hard opinion. When I was younger, I liked them. I don't think it's anything I gravitate to now or pay attention to, but the... Um, I, I
1: think it's a nostalgia thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I liked that one. <laughs> that one about relationships, I guess you could say. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> um, Me and my friend are going to go see them live randomly yeah. in September, and... Um, I don't know. I just enjoy, like, comedy music, and it's just... I think what's funny about them, because I was listening to something like a... It was like a... They did, like, an Audible thing, mm. and so I listened to it, and what's funny about them is the fact that they act like they are the best band in the world, and I don't know why, but that's just a funny concept, and then they do, like, classical guitar stuff, mm. like... And it's like... um almost renaissance fair. I don't know. I just, this just funny to me. So yeah, I'll, yeah, I, I like it. So I'm not gonna, I'm not scared to admit it. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Very
0: hell. Yeah. yeah. Um, The pick a destiny thing. I mean, that was like strange that they were able to make that happen and it was cool. And it's like, you know, that's, I'm really glad that exists like a, a whole feature. Around comedy music, like yeah, that's kind of hard to pro- that's probably hard to get funding for, you know. So I'm glad yeah. they did.
1: Yeah, I think they didn't do well though. Mm. But now it's like become a cult classic or whatever. So oh, really? Know. Yeah, but
0: like it wasn't
1: like financially. I don't think that they made a lot of money.
0: Yeah. well, <laughs> <laughs>
1: but it was. I think it was important that it happened. Yeah, it for funny. sure. I I enjoyed it, but like if you think about it. Things like that probably did set up the stand up specials and stuff for success, like a full hour or more of comedy. Yeah. I don't know. Just those things in the past. I don't know.
0: How do you feel about like musicals and such?
1: Um, I like musicals. It depends on what it is. Um like I when I was younger I was like obsessed with rent. Hmm. Like I think also like the LGBTQ like elements of that were nice mm. because like I mean, I feel like we probably went to high school about the same time, but when we were in high school, at least for me, where I went as a rural high school and it was very anti there's a lot of anti gay stuff going on. You know, mm. like people were very homophobic. Yeah. And I feel like that high school may still be like like that, unfortunately, I don't know. But um and I felt like that specific musical was nice because it made me feel like that that was more supported. And... um, Because I... I don't know. I just... it's, it's, It's really unfortunate, like, whenever I was growing up, that it was very negative still. You know? I mean, things are... There's progress, obviously. But now I feel like there's so much more, like, progress and people feel more, like, it's almost negative to be homophobic I, I i feel i mean i know there's still stuff going on but i do think it's gotten a lot better from when i was growing up and but i do feel like musicals have a lot of cool like ways of supporting like social movements and stuff so mm-hmm. there's that um i don't like i don't know, i don't listen or watch a lot but you know yeah. We went and saw Wicked a couple of months ago, and that was cool.
0: Wicked. I've heard of that, but honestly don't really even know what it is.
1: It's like the Wicked Witch of the West story, uh. and it's cool. I mean, it's it's really good music, and um, and we saw Hamilton kind of recently, too. Hmm. My mom is really into musicals, so like she'll like buy us tickets, and then I'll just go. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah. that's fun so she's and I'm not saying I'm not into them I just don't like seek them out as much as maybe I don't know some people do what about you
0: no not as much I mean only sometimes like for me it's probably most musicals I probably don't love uh but there's a few exceptions that that I can get down with um yeah and it's usually because I don't I love the immersive experience of of the like emotional singer or the soul singer or whatever and it was like from a word from a term you used earlier it's like theatrical singing doesn't I don't connect with it for some reason and so yeah. like I think of performances of the past performances that I can think of um and and maybe it's not fair for me to exactly explain it that way because like I don't know you think of like I think of a movie like White Christmas and they there's some like serious emoting going on in some of those performances and it doesn't matter that it's a it's a story or that it's a movie or that it's like around the idea of a play or whatever the the songs they sing are super convincing and so that's an example to me of where I'm just like wrong about this yeah but there are other examples particularly on stage I think where people just like the type of vibrato they use and the type of diction they use that I can just I can tell it's a play and a performance and for some reason I find that really hard to let it immerse me. I find it really hard to like be lost in it because I'm like oh, I hear what you're doing. That's that's like oh. that's like uh, a technique that you're using that is yeah. supposed to be the right technique or something.
1: Right, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I I kind of have been similar but like I I can appreciate certain things but I'm not like going hard in the paint for musicals or anything like that. Yeah. But um my like I said my mom will listen to the freaking soundtrack yeah. over and over and I'm just like, "Oh lord." Like if I ride with her she'll be like, we got to hear this this one." <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> but yeah,
0: um I can think of a few that have hit me hard. I I did like I liked the music in Sweeney Todd.
1: Oh yeah, that was
0: I love that one. But
1: see like Like I like dark exactly stuff. So a lot of musicals I feel like are kinda like upbeat Mm -hmm. and that's a nice like dark kind of vibe.
0: Yeah, it's real twisted and fun for that reason. Like there's songs about meat pies being made out of humans. Like that's super fun.
1: Yeah, it's um, we love that. Yeah, and
0: it's like I don't know what uh, I can't think of her name. Tim Burton's wife, that the big actor, yeah, Bottom
1: Carter. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I don't know what her history is. If it, if she if it consists of a lot of singing, she sounded like really natural singing. It was it was weird to hear Johnny Depp singing. Uh, some of the other people were very obviously like their.
1: Oh, Alan Rickman though. Which one was he? He's um. Have you seen the Harry Potter movies?
0: Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. Snape
1: and Harry Potter. Yeah. And he had the low, like yeah, that was voice. good. Voice, oh my gosh, I didn't know he could sing like that.
0: The pretty women song was great. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. there was
0: awesome singing in there, and John, like hearing Johnny Depp sing was interesting. Um, I didn't enjoy so like, uh, like Lay was fun, and it, like, uh, what's her name? D- damn, why am I so bad with with female artist names today? I've <laughs>
1: been bad with song names, so Anne Hathaway, fine. I believe.
0: <laughs> Wasn't it Anne Anne Hathaway?
1: Hathaway? Yeah, yeah. I actually never saw that.
0: But, yeah. I didn't love the movie, but... I didn't love the adaptation or whatever. But Anne Hathaway's part is stunning. It's, like, truly stunning. But uh, I didn't enjoy hearing Russell Crowe sing. Hugh Jackman didn't really give... it It wasn't the same in that way. Like, I couldn't... I was, like, almost distracted by their voices, unlike these other characters in Sweeney Todd or if you watch fucking... Sound of Music or something. It's just like Mm -hmm. flawless.
1: Well, like um, even the Rent adaptation was all actual Broadway singers. Mm. So that was kind of nice, like that they were. But, you know, I can see now it can be seen as kind of corny, but it was special to me, like, especially as a young person. Sure. I don't know. I'm still young. (laughs) <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> but like in high school when you're, I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm fine with it. Like, I think it's cool. I actually think it would be fun to be in a musical
2: mm-hmm.
1: because I, um, like I, I say this lightly, but I was a, I was a dancer from when I was three to 18.
0: hmm that's a long time. It
1: is a long time, <laughs> but I don't want anyone to have any expectations. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> okay. I I can do choreographed dance that's like I have have mirrors in front of me and I've practiced in front of mirrors for, like, months. Okay. Okay? I don't want people to think I can, like, bust it out. Gotcha. Anyways. You don't
0: want people coming up to you on the street saying, hey, I heard you dance. Do it now. <laughs> yeah.
1: they'll come up to me on the street. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, uh, what was it? Yeah. So, I feel like it might be fun to dance as, like, a background dancer, you know? Yeah. And then sing the background part. Yeah. That, to me, seems fun. So, I see why people get, like, obsessed with it, you know? Yeah. But I don't have time for that. So, sorry. I would like to
0: write one, I think. I think I I could handle writing them. I wouldn't... I don't think I could, like, direct them or whatever, because I wouldn't want to be around the people singing properly. Yeah. Um, maybe I don't like, maybe I just don't like proper singing. I don't know. But anyway.
1: Uh, well, you probably like my singing then because it's definitely not proper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do.
0: I, I mean, like soul singers and stuff uh, are just my favorite. Like people who use their voice really aggressively tends to be what I enjoy a lot. And, yeah, you know, like, I don't think, I don't know. Sam Cooke is one of my favorite vocalists of all time. And like, I'm sure it's, I'm sure a teaching instructor would hear what how he makes his voice sound like that and would be like, oh, this is the damage he's doing to his vocal cords. But I don't give a fuck. He's just like, he sounds fucking great. So
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm like, um, like for me, I did like the lessons, but it was very like, I wouldn't say it was like proper training or um, that's, that sounds bad. Like the guy, he, the person I worked with was great. But I'm saying it was more like just to get me, Used to singing the way I want to, yeah, I guess, so it wasn't like like we didn't do like special techniques really, as much, it mm-hmm. was just more like, let's learn how to sing the song the way you want, or I guess, yeah, I don't know.
0: like vocal coaching or something,
1: yeah, that's exactly, yeah, I yeah. hear that, yeah,
0: yeah, so I think I could write like, I think it would be fun, like, well, I guess I shouldn't spout off my ideas before they're out, but. I do have ideas in my mind for writing projects that I think would be cool. And some of them could consist of original music. And so I could see me taking that on at some point. But I don't think I would want to. I don't know if I could perform that way. I don't know if I could do the whole acting thing. uh, And like kind of like being the character that uses music as a part of being a character. That's
1: why I was thinking like a background Mm. would be fun. Gotcha. I've never acted in my life so I don't know that I can act, but I just like the idea of just dancing and singing in the back. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, which is, yeah. Cause I'm, I'm a writer too. Like I feel like usually people like my voice. I, I, I would say like, if you like rated me on what I'm good at, it'd be like vocals, writing, guitar, and then performance. Mm. I'm not like a huge performer. Hmm. I'm kind of like I mean, I dance so you would think, but I I don't I don't really like perform like I'm not really like doing anything crazy. I'm just playing my songs and um you know, so I feel like doing like a theater thing where you're like acting and like being in the front and doing all this stuff might be difficult for me. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, I also think like that skill set is for sociopaths or something. Like, <laughs> there, there, there's something wrong with actors, man. I'm saying.
1: I don't know how they do it. Like, well, yeah, it's just like, how can you completely fake an emotion? Or yeah,
0: why yeah. do you want to be good at that? Yeah. What do you use that for otherwise? Yeah.
1: And the so yeah, if you're friends with the actor, you're like, are you being for real? hmm I don't have any actor friends, but well, yeah, that's a, a lie. That. I do have friends that are that were actors. Like a bit, like, for theater and stuff, but not like I don't know, I don't have a lot of friends that are actors but. yeah,
0: i I think it's hard to have friends that are actors because actors are bad people
1: <laughs> <laughs> they're horrible I'm
0: like taking swings at actors right now I you're don't gonna know you're
1: gonna lose some <laughs> listeners <laughs> Act,
0: if it's actors, I'll risk it, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I
0: don't know why I'm being like that. <laughs> starting a damn civil war within the arts
1: well it's hard because when you're a musician and you're supposed to be performing and getting people's attention but you're like a freaking nerd (laughs) like me like i just don't like (laughs) you're not like flamboyant and like i'm just like hey guys like here's this song like I, i don't know how to like be like super i don't know yeah
0: I noticed something the other night. I played a show with this guy, Kenny Roby, and uh, it was interesting because my set throughout. I do the banter thing. I'm not the most charismatic person on stage, but you know, I just whatever. I talk to the audience, and sometimes they laugh, and that's always super fun. If I'm yeah. if I'm trying to be funny or whatever, or if I'm if I say something I think is funny. And then Kenny got up there, and it was like. He had all these crazy stories and crazy bits he would do.
2: Yeah.
0: And then like sometimes it felt like the show was 40% his bits talking and then like 50 or 60% music. Mhm. And he even commented on that at one point and said something like you know, really this is just a this is this show, my show is like a bunch of this material with some songs peppered in. And it was almost like he's a stand-up comedian that yeah that plays really serious folk songs or whatever. Yeah. And I was fascinated by that because I was like, to some degree, I think that's something that happens a lot in folk music or independent music is this Mm -hmm. sort of like balance between the serious performance and then that in-between space that's like you are supposed to be, I don't know what, somewhat, perhaps you could be flamboyant, perhaps you could be a total clown or uh, I know a lot of people that, that go the awkward route and they just kind of be, they just say kind of dumb, awkward things and, that like make it sort of funny and they make the audience kind of relate to them in that way or whatever.
1: Yeah. That's probably my route. The yeah. route. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of people. <laughs> well, I, I don't even know. Like I, it is my goal. Like I try to set little goals for myself as far as like music goes. And one of my goals is to be a little bit, have a better stage presence. And I don't mean like, like do a bunch of crazy stuff, but I just mean like, kind of work on how I want to do my live show
2: mm.
1: and make it more engaging. Because I do think it's important. Like if you're just, if you're not getting them engaged and interested, then it's hard to like for them to listen to what you have to say at, musically. So it is good to get them engaged yeah. for sure. Like I don't think that that should be like looked over, but you know, like I was at um, little Roberts and Concord. It's just like a little dive bar situation but I don't I don't know why, but it was just like my my banter that night was randomly going really well, and um, we were just talking about like TV shows with the audience, and I don't know, it was just kind of a nice moment because like we were just ha- I was just having conversations with the audience about like random stuff that I liked, mm. and it was actually kind of cool. I was like, maybe that's a good angle, just like being who I am and yeah. being authentic in that way, but.
0: I think that's what um, they they like the most and can detect the most, honestly,
1: yeah, so how long have you been doing this podcast?
0: since November okay I released an album on Halloween last year, mm-hmm. and i like the way it happened that Cardinal is tweeting <laughs> um the way it happened was. I wanted to promote the album and I wanted to, instead of do a PR thing and like reach out to the local papers, I wanted to have a buddy of mine who's a journalist come over and just us talk about it and make that public. Um, But then I thought, well, I've thought about doing a podcast for forever. Maybe I'll just launch it that way. And that initial idea never actually happened or hasn't happened yet. Like a discussion about my album, but Whatever I launched the podcast on November first uh last year, and I've been doing it for i guess about forty weeks now.
1: cool. Yeah. How'd you find out about me on just through like social media and stuff? I think
0: so yeah, I was just like uh I was like going through a bunch of local artists following them and and like spreading word about the podcast and then you were probably one of the people that came up and I was like, cool, there's one. I don't know.
1: That's cool. I'm glad that I showed up. on yeah. there <laughs> Cause I'm like, I don't know if anybody's seeing this. I'm just kidding. I, it's it's go, <laughs> social media is going pretty good. Like, I feel like I've been trying to like get my life together and just push my stuff out on there. Um, so it's cool that you were able to find me on there and you know, yeah, it's nice. So, cause I, usually I'll reach out to like podcasts or radio stations or whatever. So it feels good to, for a podcast to be like, Hey, will you come on there? And I'm like, I've made it for sure. I yeah, did
0: it. <laughs> I'm going to, I mean, you know, I want this to be a space where when there's activity in the state, like your new album or whatever, like where, when there's something in the music community that's kind of happening, that's fresh and, you know, uh, out of the ordinary, I want this to be a space where people can kind of expect to hear about some of those things. So I'm stoked to be able to like draw some attention. Hopefully, to, with my small audience because it's not like I have a huge audience. But I think I think the people that listen to this give a shit about it, and um, it's cool to be able to like hope hope that they will hear about your album, and then hopefully they will share it with other people as well and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, and it's just it's nice to be able to just talk about what you're doing and um get it out there because like like we were talking about it's good to connect as an artist in different ways to people and so I mean music obviously is the big one but it's also nice to hear like what else is going on with that person and at least for me like I like I like to listen to other artists and what they have to say on podcasts yeah so that's like
0: why I don't just say all right here's 20 minutes, like tell me every musician and song on your album and then we'll be done with the conversation because it's not sufficient to me to just strictly talk about the art, though it's important for us to talk about the art, Uh, but it's more about like, I think it's really interesting for people to have an inside view at who somebody is and what their interests are and whether they roller skate in their backyard or (laughs) whether they wear knee pads and like suggest that other people also wear knee pads and stuff like that. Um, That's like the type shit that, I'm enjoying learning about other artists, you know, cause that's the shit I don't know. I know what it feels like to write music and to try to put it out and to worry about whether or not people are going to connect with it or whatever. But, um, that other stuff is kind of more, it's, it's exciting for me, I guess.
1: Yeah. And you know, it kind of shapes how you're going to approach your art too. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's good to know. And I, I think it's also interesting to hear like how people got to where they're at or, you know get some inspiration and stuff like that I don't know but
0: yeah so I will ask this though was this this isn't your is this you've you've been involved in other projects is this the your debut album as your solo person yes gotcha. um
1: my band Paper Wasps put out an album in 2018 and it's I like it it's very good like I recommend it but um I wanted to, well, so the reason I decided to do like a solo album and a solo project wasn't anything shady against my band, because I still play with my band and I still love to play with them. Mm. It was because I had this idea to kind of maybe go out on my own and do music as a job. Like that was kind of the premise of it. And so, but then the kind of pandemic happened and just that wasn't like a real thing that could happen at that time and mm-hmm. then once things started happening um, I was like okay like I need to be able to do some like a solo project because you, I'm sure you know like when you have a full band you can't always play every gig so yeah. it's just hard to make money like that like consistently um, unless the band's all willing to tour and do yeah. all that which is, um, it is realistic for some people but with my band it's just not realistic to tour um like a big tour or anything right now but with my solo thing I could technically tour once things happen you know so it was just more of a choice of being able to do it more Mm full-time um and the album is like completely produced by me so it's definitely like kind of is exactly what I wanted it to be. And so that's pretty nice. Um, Hell yeah. And it really features what I want it to feature. So, and then like the lyrics are all, I wrote all the lyrics and stuff obviously, and um, put on musicians on the album that I really love. And yeah, Daniel Seraph's on a song, by the way. And yeah, I just, I wanted it to be something that I was able to just control kind of completely. I don't know. Yeah. Um, just to try that out. And it worked out really well. And it's, I'm really proud of the album. So, and a lot of people, I've gotten a lot of good feedback on the first single daydream. Like a lot of people have been really cool about it. Um, And yeah. So. Hell yeah. I, th- I think it should be fine. Should we go? Well, I don't know. Did I you, like it.
0: Did you engineer the whole thing?
1: <laughs> no. Um, I went to Snug Records in Faith, North Carolina. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's in the middle of completely nowhere. Um, he has a beautiful house out in yeah, like the middle of nowhere and mm-hmm. a studio and it's like just it's just a beautiful studio and it's he's very chill and lets you kinda do what you need to do and You don't feel a lot of pressure in the studio yeah which i like um it took me a year to do this album um it's six songs so like if you went to like a studio where you're like pushing it to you had to get it done in like a weekend Mm -hmm. that to me is really stressful yeah but i also don't want a situation where it's going to take me two three years (laughs) So it's a good medium.
0: Yeah, I've been in both those situations. Yeah, me, you know? me too.
1: So, um, <laughs> so I just didn't want that for myself. I didn't want too much pressure, but I wanted a little pressure so it would get done. Yeah. But um, yeah, and that what I mean, he is awesome. He's engineered it and mixed it, and then I got it mastered at Studio B, in in Charlotte. My my main audience is Charlotte and Salisbury right now. Mm. Um, and but I'm starting to branch out to other places and um but yeah it's it's been a cool experience I have a violin player named Carrie Webster who's on all the tracks and she's like so good that it makes me feel like inadequate you know which is a good thing I guess Mm. she's like really good yeah (laughs) um but she is classically trained and She actually primarily does bluegrass. I think I kind of mentioned that a little bit. So, like, it almost, some of the songs kind of have, like, almost a bluegrass undertone in some parts. Mm. But it's, like, nice, though. I I like the way it came out. And, um, like, I wouldn't have worked with her if I didn't think that that was a cool, like, element, you know? And so she's awesome. And then her husband plays upright bass. And he did the upright bass parts and all the songs, and um yeah, like we just had a bunch of really cool musicians come on through there. I have a guy that rapped on one of the songs. it's like r and b tune hmm. and that's called Triangles, which will be out in three days um and it's gonna it's just very like smooth and chill. that song's about. I read a book called Euphoria by Lily King and it's like a book on this anthropologist lady. And I liked the idea of, and she like had like this love triangle in the book. And so I liked that premise of being out on an anthrop, like being an anthropologist out in the field and like having this weird romance situation. So it's kind of like a dark song, but it's, that's kind of what was the inspiration for it. And, um, I don't know I just like to write songs that that are either based on other art that I like or based on something I'm experiencing you know yeah um so yeah it just has a lot of cool people on there and it's gonna be it's, it's nice I think people are gonna enjoy it so awesome yeah
0: well I mean I think that's a great place to leave people hanging I think uh I think uh yeah i hope people will go check it out um i think i mean this this will be out tomorrow so uh we'll do what we can to tag your stuff and like make sure people go anticipate your new single coming out and check out the old one so yeah uh hell yeah i look forward to hearing the whole album
1: yeah thanks so much for having me on here
0: thank you for coming for real and uh i don't know we'll keep in touch
1: if you need an interviewer for your um to talk about your album just let me know
0: okay (laughs) Uh I don't
1: know that I'd be any good, but if you need a person to talk to, bounce
0: some ideas off of. Sure. I'll give you a shout. Absolutely. I don't know. Yeah. I need to probably think about releasing one, one of these days. Oh, well.
2: well, well, Yeah. thanks again. Yeah. Thank you. Um, all right, cool.